You're listening to the Nice Girls CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Benavidez, and I am so passionate about women and maybe a few good men too, who are ready to live on purpose and make an impact. So if you want to be a leader in the world and build a business that makes a difference, and you want to be bold and confident so you can show up and stand out, then this is the place to be. Ready? Let's go. Digital products and passive income are all the rage, and we feel like that's just going to cure all of our financial problems and give us a business that we can make money while we sleep. And while that's very true, I think there are some misconceptions about it. And today's guest, Amy Jo, is going to help us with that. She's going to dive into some things we need to know about what a digital product is, how to really get it started and make the most of it. And that it's not as easy as we might think. However, once we get it going, it can be super magical and give us a business of our dreams. So if you've been wanting to have a digital product, tune in. Let's hear from Amy Jo. We're back again and I have an amazing guest who's actually become one of my online friends. We've done a couple of things together and I just love supporting her in the things that she has going on. So I'm really excited to have Amy Jo on today. She is an international marketing strategist and she teaches people how to have digital products and sell them and grow their business using things like courses and other digital products that can be easier revenue once you put in the hard work. Cause I feel like there's a little bit of misconception there, but it's really good revenue for the right type of person. And I'm really excited myself to dive in because it's something that's been on my mind for a while. So welcome, Amy Jo. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yay. I was just thinking about when we met and the stuff that we've done together, and I'm so excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Yay. Me too. I'm excited to chat with you and learn from you for sure. So before we dive in, I like to have our guests just say what got them started, a little bit about what you do, but really just an overview of who you are and what you're all about. Yeah. So my name is Amy Jo. My business is herownmagic.com. And it all started once upon a time. All great stories start that way, right? Mm-hmm. They <laughs> once do. Once upon a time. <laughs> Back in 2012, actually, I got super sick and I ended up losing my sales job because they couldn't hold my position anymore. And at the time, luckily, I was still living at home. So I didn't have a mortgage or anything really pressing financially, mm-hmm. but it was a big wake up call to me to be like, oh man, I don't have anything in my back pocket. I put all my eggs in one basket, like in one revenue generating thing as far as that job. And it was gone when I blinked. And I told myself in that moment, it was kind of a light bulb moment for me that I'm not going to have just one revenue stream. I always want to take care of myself. Look out for number one. And so it took me a long time, years years and years. But after that happened, I, it took me a long time to recover and I ended up getting a part-time job in the marketing department at the college here. And I thought that that would be pretty interesting because I could figure out, I loved, I kind of had the entrepreneur thing in my blood, but I didn't understand marketing or digital marketing or anything like that. So I took this job to learn more about marketing and what that could look like for me. If I did take the plunge and start my own business. And in 2015, that's what I did. June 1st, 2015. 
2015, I quit my job at that time. I was at a sales job and I quit that job to go all in. I had learned so much from having a blog, from working in marketing departments and in sales. I had learned so much. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to try this for myself and see if I can help people one-on-one to help them with their blogs, help them with their marketing. And so I started working with female entrepreneurs and I loved, loved it, love, love, loved it. So let me just say, loved working one-on-one. But what I didn't realize at the time was I had created something that was sticking me to a desk again, which is what I didn't want to do. And I don't know, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even on my radar. All I was focused on was how can I help people? How can I serve them with the knowledge that I gathered over these years in marketing and having my blog and all of that? How can I help them? And I knew that I could help them one-to-one. So when I realized I had created a job where I was going to be stuck at my desk in front of my computer, and I, at that time for like the first year or 18 months or so, I had clients in all these different countries, which means all these different time zones. And so I was working 9am or 9pm helping people in all different time zones, which was tricky for me. And Mm so I, that became really tricky energetically because I started to get burnt out. I started to get really tired. And so that again was when I decided, okay, now I need to figure out how I can release some of that pressure that I put on myself, how I can start making money away from a desk. And so my full focus started to turn to digital products. The first one I made was a workbook. And that first ping of the PayPal notification of someone purchasing that at 6 a.m. when I was still asleep was just like done. (laughs) Like there is no other way. No, but it was a big aha. And if I could do that, I could replicate that and do it over and over again. So the first thing I did was a digital download product. It was a workbook. And then I stepped into doing my first course and so on. But it was a really big moment. My first digital product creation for me started in 2016. And it was just a big aha, just an aha moment that allowed me to stop working in all the different time zones. It allowed me to make money away from a desk. But all of that to say, I love what you said in the beginning, because there is totally a misconception because Mm -hmm. people hear, you know, passive income, like, oh, it's going to be so great. There's a lot of work at the front end, getting the system set up, getting the product ready getting the traffic there. There's a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of tweaking, which we can get into that stuff if you want to. But I love that you pointed that out because it's totally true. So it was definitely hard work in the beginning. And sometimes it's still hard work. Like sometimes you'll create something that or a funnel that maybe doesn't convert or something like that. But that's kind of in a nutshell, what got me here into my passion for digital products, you know, and why I just think it's important for everybody to look into for their life and then for the business as well. For sure. I love that. I love hearing people's stories because I feel like we all see the results of where you're at now or where you're going and we forget to look back or for those people that are just starting out and listening to this, it's like, okay, it's okay that I'm not fully understanding what I'm going to do. I mean, I don't know how many times in my beginning that I switched my thing because it literally is a journey. And I feel like if we're not always evolving into that next level, we're not really doing our job, right? But I also wanted to circle back because you talked about starting one-on-one. And I think that's really important and key in making the passive revenue dream better because it gives you the opportunity to really define what you do, who you do it for and how you do it so that you can package it up and you're going to be able to sell something that's actually going to work. 
work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's always, you know, if you can work one-on-one, that one-on-one gave me so much insight into who I was helping, where they were getting stuck, some of the stories that they would tell themselves. And a lot of mindset stuff came up too. And so that was stuff that I could help them work through. But also in the back of my mind, for those of you who are working one-on-one now, you can think of like, this is copy for sales pages too. Like I'm helping them, but I also understand and I can hear the stories that they're telling, where they're getting stuck and exactly how I can help them, which is, it's so important in so many different ways because you being able to talk about the transformation that you can take them through is so important. Love it. So I want to dive in because I do like to keep these episodes pretty short and sweet, but I know you have some great things to give us. So my first question, and I think this will kind of kick off the convo is how do you really get started? If you like if for me, I'm going to put myself on the spot because I do want to start having digital products. And I know a lot of my audience does too. So where do we even start to go down that road? Mm, this is my favorite thing to talk about because yes. it can feel... <laughs> <laughs> it can feel so intimidating, you know, seeing yeah. people who are farther than you having these massive courses that are like thousands of dollars. And it looks like, oh my gosh, that's going to take me forever to do. That looks like so much work. And even seeing that our minds can say, you don't have time for that right now. Or that is so much to do maybe down the road. And that keeps us in a place of stuckness when really we want to create that digital product, right? So the way that I like to think about it is the very first thing, of course, you want to identify is that transformation that you have probably gone on that you can help someone else go through. And it doesn't have to be this huge, I changed their life forever. It could be something so simple as like you changed the way they thought about something or you help them improve a little bit on XYZ. But the biggest thing is like, how can you help them? And then for you, how can you create something in the easiest way possible? So Mm. the story, like what I just shared, the easiest thing for me at that time, because I was still working with my one-on-one clients, I did didn't have a ton of time. I was working with people in all different, all different time zones. So my time was limited, right? And so I'm thinking, hmm, what's the easiest way that I could create a digital product that I know because I've gone through this transformation, because I've helped my clients go from this point to this point, what is something easy that I could package together that would help people in that same position, like the clients that I'm working with and the easiest, like the path of least resistance. That's my... Mm-hmm phrase this year, I think the easiest thing for me was just a digital workbook. So I opened up Canva and Canva has so many templates now. I don't even know if they had workbook. Maybe they don't. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I just crossed my fingers that it looked okay, (laughs) but I created uh, the digital workbook just in Canva path of least resistance. How can you make it super easy? And that workbook, it was kind of a chunk. It was quite a few pages, but like I said, they have templates now to make it super easy. So for you, if you're writing down like a step-by-step path for you, what are some of the transformations that you have gone through? And then what are some of the transformations since you're working one-on-one that you've helped people go through? And then identify one that feels to you of something that would be the path of least resistance to create a digital product for yourself. So maybe starting small. I love many courses. I love workbooks, ebooks, things like that. Something that is small, easily digestible. That's easy for you to create and get out there sooner than later. Got it. That feels really good. And I think that is the key to almost all of our problems in creating any kind of offers that we tend to overthink it. Mm -hmm. But if we break it down and think, what is this one step And how can you break that down to teach somebody else how to do it and give them the tools they need? That feels a lot better. I wanted to ask you earlier too, where did you sell your first digital workbook? I actually sold it on my website. Um, So in 
Mm -hmm. In 2015, I still had like a blog and my podcast, I think was 2015 or 2016. But those are the main things that I focused on at that time, Mm -hmm. as far as traffic generation and growing an audience. And so that is where I focused as far as getting people onto my website to purchase that. I didn't put it on Etsy. I know there's a lot of people out there putting digital products and workbooks and things like that on Etsy and Amazon and stuff like that. I didn't do any of that. I just did it straight through my website. And then they would purchase it. I (laughs) I always talk about bootstrapping and looking back, it was probably like duct tape together, but I probably did it the hard way because I didn't have fancy softwares. I didn't know how people did that. And so I just Googled, how could I do this? And I think what I ended up doing was I just went to PayPal. I figured out how to put a PayPal button on my site Mm -hmm. and duct taped. Like I said, once they did that, then they would get an automated email that had the the workbook link download. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I feel like that's important to know. So last week's episode is talking about an Etsy shop and how to have products and even digital products Mm -hmm. on. So it's just interesting to see like how you did it, but because you had the blog already, that probably already gave you some momentum, which helped sell that first workbook, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a perfect point. So I already had an audience. I had a little email list of people that I was continuously talking to. And so I'm like, Hey, I made this workbook and that's how I'm sure she probably came from my email list or podcast or something like that at that time. If I were to do it again and I had nothing, like I had no audience, no email list. I was just starting totally from scratch. I'd make my workbook on Canva and then I would probably put it on Etsy because there's already an audience there. There's a lot of tagging and stuff that you can do to help you. That would be something that I would think about for sure. Now I want to listen to that Etsy episode that you just talked about. (laughs) It was was really good. Actually, I learned a lot because I have no idea about anything but buying from Etsy. So (laughs) it was a good one. New world (laughs) for sure. We have that first easy step of even deciding like what to do and getting our feet wet and creating this first product. But like, where do we go to sell it? I guess maybe two points. So we talked about if you already have an audience, obviously that's going to be a little bit easier. If you don't, you talked about Etsy too briefly that that's probably where you would start, but would you do anything else to promote it, to get the word out that you have this new product? Yes, definitely. So let's say if someone wants to sell a workbook, like they created this digital workbook that they want to sell. If I had, like I mentioned, you know, if I was starting from total zero, had no audience or anything like that, I would definitely look at places where there is already an audience. So Etsy, they already have an audience there as far as people looking for digital downloads. And I think side note, I think that's super cool that Etsy's doing that. Cause back in the day, you know, it was just, I think, I don't know, I'm not an Etsy pro at all, but I don't remember <laughs> back in the day when I discovered Etsy, all of the digital download access, I think that's super cool. Mm. But outside of that, I would definitely think about some, we're talking about organic marketing. So you're not paying for yeah. ads, you're not doing anything like that. I would identify a traffic and publishing source. So kind of going back to the story I mentioned, the two traffic and audience sources that I had were my podcast and my blog. And saying that, you know, we'll identify a publishing one traffic source and get really good at it. A lot of people think, well, I need to be on every single Mm -hmm. platform all the time, 24 seven. If I'm not there, I'm missing sales. They're going somewhere else. And so that's a whole mindset thing that we have to work through because there's billions of people on the planet. There's 
plenty of time and plenty of people when you don't have to be (laughs) all the places, you know, and doing that feeling like you have to be all the places and show up perfectly all the time. I'm going to go on a rant here. (laughs) I can feel it, but you know, I'm feeling it too, because that's something that I talk to anybody that comes in my world about is like, start with one. And if you can add a secondary, that is very complimentary and easy to repurpose, go for it, but don't try to do it all at once. Figure out one. Yeah, exactly. You have to do what feels good too. And I know a lot of people, some people will be like, well, you have to be on live video. That's the only way to do it. People just buy from live video now. And I understand why people would say that, but also people who are super shy about video or they're not ready for it, or that could be really intimidating and keep them stuck too. And so you have to kind of identify what feels good to you. Maybe you like talking in a mic. And a podcast might be cool. Or maybe you like writing and a blog would be good for you. Or maybe you are a video person and video is good. You know, you have to kind of sit with yourself and and feel what feels good to you. Because I know me personally, I talk about stepping outside of our box and all of that fun stuff. But at the same time, you have to do it in a way that feels good to you. That's Absolutely. I feel the same (laughs) way. I think that's important to note here because if you don't feel confident, you're not going to show up as strong. Exactly. And at the same time, push yourself a little bit, but (laughs) yeah, it's like, (laughs) there's like a fine line. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So speaking of mindset, actually I have a question before I go down mindset. So we're talking like digital products and then you also talk about courses. Is there a difference or what are they? Yeah. So for me, how I explain it, a digital product is something that is not physical. So you can sell it through like a link or a login. Everything is web-based or online-based or downloadable. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. courses, membership sites, digital downloads are all things that I kind of link together as digital products. Gotcha. Oh, memberships too, huh? If it's online. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You can definitely do memberships. There's so many out there. It's fascinating fascinating when you look at the different categories of memberships and some memberships that people have. There was one, I almost joined it just because I thought it would be cool, but there's one all about balloon animals and you pay monthly (laughs) to learn how to make like different balloon animals. Like that's amazing. I think I've heard, maybe you talk about it or I've heard it somewhere. Maybe. There is an audience (laughs) for everyone, right? Yes. Yes. And I'm just going to make this point here because some people think like, well, no one would want to learn from me. I don't have anything that people want to buy. You do. You do. (laughs) And it's things like that. It's so unique and so interesting. But then there's ones, but there's a membership all about how to keep your orchid plant alive. Just like how to keep your orchid. orchid I know. And I'm just like, okay, this is amazing. So Anyway, there's so many things. It's fascinating. I, yeah, I can't even imagine. I haven't explored all of them, but I have come across some pretty crazy things. And it's like, if they're successful and making money from things that we think, oh my gosh, who would buy that? Mm -hmm. There's going to be someone out there that is going to buy whatever it is we've got to offer to, because it is about giving the value to the people that it's right for. And that's really key. Don't try to be everything for everyone because you're not going to be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We pretty much already started diving into these mindset things. Anything else that you see comes up a lot that somebody might be listening right now and say, oh yeah, that's totally me. And let's break that down and work them through it. 
kind of just ping-ponging off what we just brought up as far as some people are going to be for us and some people won't be. Because Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning, I feel like starting an email list and you get your first unsubscriber or people unfollow you after you post something or whatever. There's these little things that come up when we're first starting out where we feel like maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Who am I to be doing this? Why? Who am I to sell this? No one bought my course. What am I doing? I'm such a failure. I'm not going to do this again. And all of that is just growth. Like that's what Mm. it is. Like, and entrepreneurship is the best self-discovery course ever that you will ever do, ever take. You will learn so much (laughs) about yourself. And I remember talking about like some of the stuff that comes up is that as far as feeling like, I don't know, rejection is such a strong word, but you know, feeling like, oh, they don't like me. I should just Mm -hmm. stop. And really, I was just talking to someone about this this week. When people leave our email list or if they don't purchase, then they're, it doesn't say anything about you. They're making space for people who are going to love on you even more. And it's just a mindset reframe, but another mindset thing that came up for me revolved around charging for what I know Mm. and charging for my knowledge. And one of the stories that I have is one of the first programs that I sold. I think I sold it for like $400 and I started bawling. I was like, I need to refund her. I feel so bad. Like I should just give it away for free. Like who am I to be charging for this? And it brought up so many, I think I did text her. She was one of my friends. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I charged you. It brought up so much (laughs) that I didn't even know what what money mindset was. So I don't know. I guess I'm just feeling like I have to say this as far as like, these are things that may come up for you when you start, whether it's your digital product business, whatever kind of business you you do, these are things that may come up. Keep an eye on them. I don't know. I wish someone would have warned me beforehand. Totally. I always think that too. And at the same time, I wonder if I would have listened. Like sometimes I feel like we actually have to go through that pain and that fight with ourselves to really get it. I mean, when you hear it so many times, I think that's good. But that one time it kicks in, that's the magic. But in the beginning, I feel like we probably did hear it. We just weren't hearing it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Because I know- Yeah. In coaching people, sometimes you say something and then like a month later, they're like, oh, now I get it. And it's like, really? You could have been four weeks further along and you know, whatever months, years, whatever it is. So I love that you shared that though, because I think it's important to know that anytime anything like that comes up, we have the opportunity to check in with ourselves and say like, is this true? Is this real? Or is it just what I'm feeling and how I'm holding myself back or keeping myself safe from feeling kind of rejected or like a failure or all of those things that you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. that's really key in our growth and our success. Mm -hmm. Totally. I love, man, that's going to stick with me probably for the rest of the time. (laughs) You said like, would I have listened if someone warned me and they probably did. (laughs) I don't know. Right. I feel like that happens. Oh, totally. Oh, so good. Well, Amy Jo's links are in the show notes. You can connect with her, check out her website, follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and have all sorts of fun falling into the course and digital product world. She does have a five-store course roadmap that I know I'm downloading to help me start to brainstorm and think about what I could do. Tell us what this roadmap will help us with. I'm really passionate passionate about this roadmap because especially number six on the roadmap, which I'll just say, but it talks all about 
gamification. And if you're new to that term, it's basically how to keep people engaged in your course and setting up reward systems and stuff so that your students keep coming back and they keep learning and they actually get the transformation that they signed up for in the first place. Because so many course creators, like they don't, one, they may not know about that aspect, but I don't feel like it's talked about enough. Like, of course we want to build courses. Like we love additional revenue streams. All of that is amazing, but I love focusing on the impact and the transformation that you're having on other people and keeping that at the forefront. So that's what this roadmap does. It helps you kind of map out your idea, get everything kind of set that foundation, but it also really focuses on how can you reward throughout your course? How, like what type of reward system can you put in place to have that impact and make sure that your students are getting that transformation? So that's good. <laughs> All right. So yes, go download that and follow her on Instagram. Like I said, give us a shout out. Let us know what your ideas are. We'd love to chat with you and just encourage you in taking this step. I think it's always important to take whatever you learn and do something about it. So if we're doing anything today, obviously, besides downloading this roadmap, what would you encourage us to do and take action on right away? So to take action right away, the one of my favorite things is to... I do this all the time, but to do brain dumping. And so instead of sitting in a place of like, oh, I have so many ideas, get out that pen and paper, write down all the ideas, and then go back through that list, all your ideas for a digital product, course, membership, whatever it is, write down all of your ideas and then sit for a second and feel out which one feels most exciting for you to explore, which one makes you the most curious about what you could create within that one thing. And that's going to be your jumping off point. So that would be like the first, first step is do that brain dump, identify which one's the most exciting, which one brings up the most curiosity as far as what you could create and do with it. And then that's where the magic happens. Then get that roadmap and follow the steps from there. Love it. That sounds perfect. Amy Jo, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to share your brilliance with us and get us just a little bit more familiar with what digital products are and how they can really help us grow our business and take us away from the desk so we can enjoy our life more. That's huge around here for sure. I really um, am honored that you were a guest today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd love for you to write a review and share it. Also be sure to connect with me in my Facebook group, Social Impact Squad, and follow me on Instagram at NiceGirlCEO. Hope you have an awesome day. Go take action in reaching your goals, and I'll see you next time.